This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. The year is 2004. Usher is telling us all about his damn confessions. Snoop Dogg is telling us to drop it like it's hot. Meanwhile, I was over here singing these words by Natasha Bedingfield on SingStar. I was out here wearing rah-rah skirts, rainbow halter necks, and on a Saturday night, I'll be watching stars in your eyes, waiting for the week that I could go on and say, tonight, Kat, I'm going to be Samantha Mumba. (laughs) You get it. It was the early noughties. And 2004 was also the year I got my hair relaxed for the very first time. Hair relaxers, modern cosmetic science, or a health risk to black women. Ask any black woman, and some men you know, and the chances are they've had at least one hair relaxer in their lifetime. And often the tale they'll recount to you won't be a pleasant one. I remember when I got it relaxed, the girl burnt like the front of my head. And I actually remember saying like, oh, I think it's kind of burning, like this hurts. And she was like, oh no, you're good. She put that, do you remember that olive oil sheen spray? Bit of that on it and went out for a cigarette. And I'm thinking, oh my God, she went out for a cigarette. I know. (laughs) Hi, my name is Leanne Alley aka your resident podcast queen and this is episode four of coiled the truth behind hair relaxers in this episode i will be exploring the chemicals that go into relaxers the effect that this has on black people's health and whether you can maintain healthy relaxed hair i'll be speaking to trichologist shirley mcdonald I think they have made a connection now between uterine fibroids and relaxers being absorbed. And relaxed hair YouTuber, Fayola Douglas. Since I've had it relaxed, my hair's just been so easy for me to do, really easy for me to maintain. Um, so I haven't found like a real reason why I'd want to change it. I'm going into this with an open mind. This episode isn't here to convince you to never use hair relaxers ever again but to provide you with the information that you need in understanding what goes into the chemicals that we're putting onto our hair and into our scalp so that we can make more informed choices. Looking back, I've been putting these chemicals on my hair for years and I've got no clue what's in a relaxer. I've no idea why they burn so much, no idea why my hair starts flaking off, no idea where my hair keeps shedding, like I literally haven't got a clue. And to be honest, it's about time that I found out. So I've said this before on the podcast. I've been relaxing my hair since I was 10 years old as I just so badly wanted straight hair. Reflecting on it and speaking to my primary school friends about it, which you can hear in the first episode of this podcast. This came from the fact that we grew up in a predominantly white area 
And at school, it was the white girls with the long blonde hair that would get all the attention. Not to mention the lack of representation of Afro hair on TV and in the media in the 90s and early noughties. This is what I went through, but I also wanted to speak to my mum to see if any of her experiences reflect mine. Her hair is natural now, but she relaxed her hair for many, many years and relaxed my hair for the very first time that I wanted it done. Hopefully together we can figure out how I can move forward. Do you remember how you had your hair when you were a child? When I was younger, my mum used to use Blue Magic and Amami on my hair. She used to use the hot comb. So my hair used to come out quite smooth as well with that. And it was a lot easier to manage. But I did used to get burnt a few times. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that, getting burnt by the hot comb. <laughs> but if I was going out at night, I would put it in curlers so that the next day my hair was curly. But that's when I had it relaxed because it was a lot easier to manage when it was relaxed. Do you remember when you first got your hair relaxed? As I got older, when I was about 14, my mum decided that I could get my hair relaxed. Do you remember how that came about? Was it something that you wanted or was it something that your mum initiated? I think, to be honest, it wasn't something that I requested. I think my mum just said to me, oh, you could have your your hair relaxed. Um, sh- she knew someone that used to do it, a hairdresser. She Because back in those times, a lot of people used to go to people's houses before we had hairdressers in our local area. Not being in London, we didn't really have loads of hairdressers around. You know, a lot of people started off doing it in their houses. I remember getting it done and for the first time, I was so pleased with how my hair looked. It was so easy to manage and it was so light and smooth and I can just run my fingers through it and it felt so good. And I thought, oh, this is nice, having my hair so easy to manage. So that's when I continued getting it relaxed from then on. I noticed that my mum keeps mentioning that relaxed hair is easier to manage. But is it really? I actually think this is something that we're led to believe with the way that relaxers are marketed. I mean, you still have to go through a whole wash day routine, moisturise, straighten if you want it straighter, you can't get it wet, you have to go to the salon on a regular basis. In fact, what I've actually found is that chemically straightening your hair really reduces its versatility. So the idea that Afro hair is difficult and relaxed hair is easier to manage are really ideas that are pretty much fabricated and I think have been marketed to us just to sell products. I did used to get burnt once or twice sometimes and that there I didn't used to, you know, like because I used to think to myself, is it doing something to me if it's burning my scalp so much? Obviously I don't know if it was the way it was put on my hair and they left it on too long or, you know, Maybe they weren't really professional hairdressers, but I do remember getting burnt a few times. How many years did you have your hair relaxed for? I stopped relaxing my hair. It wasn't that long ago. No, probably only around 2015. And why was that? There was a time, actually, I went to a hairdresser and I noticed that my hair completely dropped out after that time I went because I remember saying to the hairdresser my hair was my scalp was burning and she said oh I'll be with you soon it was one of those days where it was really busy on a Saturday afternoon and um, they were trying to do like 
four people's hair mm. at the same time. <laughs> and I just reckon the hairdresser left it on too long and my hair dropped out after that time. And it just never and recovered. And it never recovered, never grew back like it was before because I had shoulder length hair and now my hair was very short and, you know, I always thought it was going to grow back. It never did. Mm. So that's when I decided to go for the um, weaves or go for um, a wig. How was that transition for you going from relaxed for so long to natural? Because obviously that mm. transition wasn't exactly won by conscious choice. It kind of, you just kind of put in a position where you, so much damage had been done to your hair. You're like, right, you kind of have to change now. But how, how was that transition for you? To be honest, I got quite used to it, actually, because um, I just thought not putting any chemicals in my hair must be a good thing. Being able to just have your own natural hair, but still you, you don't have to worry about maintaining it as much if you, you, you know, obviously you do have to still look after it, but not as much as if you're not got a wig or a weave on. So it was, it was quite a nice change. I remember the first time I got my hair relaxed. We did it at home, didn't we? Did you? Did we do it at home? Or you did it at home? Did I? Oh. I'm pretty sure you did. Because I was really, really excited and you did it at home. And I remember um, going into school the next day and I was like, oh my gosh, my hair looks so nice. Um, <laughs> do you... Yeah, um, it must have been one of those relaxer those kits. home kits, yeah. yeah. Do you remember... Um, why you decided to relax my hair when you did was it me that was wanted it a lot because i remember thinking if i can't remember if i was actively like oh, i really want my hair straight or is it just something that you decided to do i think maybe i decided to do just to make it more easy to manage maybe yeah because i yeah. remember because your hair was very very thick and long when you got a bit older, you used to keep tonguing your hair and tonguing it and tonguing it. And I know you always used to warn me. And I and used to keep saying to you, you're going to break <laughs> your hair with all that heat. And you did listen. And, and you, you found were right. out the hard way. You were right, yeah. About, I don't know how many inches, just... <laughs> I mean, I don't know why it felt like one day I just woke up and the hair was gone. Because it was obviously happening over time. But I remember I woke up and I was like, where's all the hair gone? <laughs> Well, and I had to get it cut into a style. Yeah, I do remember that well. But if you'd listened, it wouldn't have happened. Because I kept saying to you, you don't need to keep going over the same strands so many times. I know, but I just wanted it straight. That's how badly I wanted it straight. <laughs> it's a shame, isn't it, that you had to think that your hair had to be so straight that you had to keep tonguing it so so much. <laughs> sure. Not my own mother telling me I told you so on my own podcast. <laughs> Typical. But anyway, seriously though, she makes a really good point. What's interesting about my mum's experience is that when she started relaxing her hair, it's something that she continued to do without really even thinking about it. It was the most convenient option. It was the trendy option. And despite the burns, having the straight look felt like it was worth it. It may have been convenient for my mum, who before relaxing my hair had to style my hair every day for school. I remember sitting on the edge of the bed and having her comb out my hair and plait it every single day. And then she had to get ready for work. But if I think about the reasons why I wanted to have my hair relaxed and wanted a straight look, it wasn't for convenience at all. 
if we think about popular culture at the time, everything that I was watching, the music artists that I liked at the time, the whole trend was having long, luscious, straight hair. And I was a kid, I wasn't clued up about weaves or wigs, so I just assume that everyone that I was seeing on TV and in the music videos had done something to their natural hair to get it to look like that. And I thought the solution was hair relaxers. One example that is still really significant to me today is Sister Sister. Sister Sister was my favourite show. Still is, I can't really lie. Um, But there's one episode that really sticks out to me and that's the episode where Tia and Tamara go to the hair salon and Tia just maintains her curly hair as it is and Tamara gets her hair straightened for the very first time. Oh my goodness! Down, Roger. I don't know what you did to yourself, but compliments to the chef, because you look scrumptious. Thanks. Hi, Roger. Oh, hi, Tia. How come you didn't go to the beauty parlor? I did go, and I think I look just fine. Uh-huh. And Tamara automatically becomes part of the popular crowd. Oh, there's those girls. Bet you want to go over there and talk to them. Are you kidding? I don't need them. I look so good, I could start my own group. Hi. Hi! <laughs> You're Tamara, right? Yeah. I love your hair. It's so on the verge. Thanks. In the later seasons of Sister Sister, when they're a bit more grown up and they're going off to college, in every single episode, their hair is straight. You don't see their natural curls ever again. It's almost like they graduated from the curly look, which was deemed more childish, and the straight look was deemed more grown up and desirable. This is Tia reflecting on her experiences in the entertainment industry with her hair, which was featured on her YouTube channel, Tia Maori's Quick Fix. You know, when I was doing Sister Sister, I had curly hair. And what was interesting was once my sister and I, you know, got older and we wanted to be viewed as sexy, we would straighten our hair. I went on to do so many other television shows and I would always wear my hair straight because I was insecure about my curly hair. These were casting directors, producers, directors, creators that had one vision and one view or one perspective of what a black girl should look like. Hearing Tia talk about it now, it all makes sense. Unsurprisingly, the lack of representation among the decision makers like the casting directors and showrunners directly reflects what we see on screen. If you know me, I talk about this all the time, but this really goes to show why representation is so important, as this had a direct impact on me and how I viewed myself as a young black girl. The narrative of straight hair being desirable was not only playing out on screen, but also real life on the playground for me. And it's that sentiment that has stuck with me for years and made me want to change my hair. When my mum said, If it's burning me, is it doing damage to me? This isn't something I've thought much about, but it's true. What is the price we're actually paying here? 
I wanted to deep dive into what really is in relaxers and what impacts these relaxers can have on our health, both for our hair and for our insides. For this, I spoke to Shirley McDonald, who is a consultant trichologist at the Hair and Scalp Clinic, and she specialises in hair and scalp disorders. Shirley works very closely with clients with all different hair textures, including those who have relaxed hair. So I really wanted to soak in her professional views on relaxers and best practice for using them. Could you tell me who invented relaxers and at what point they became so popular? Relaxers became really popular in the 1920s. Uh, it was first discovered by Garrett Morgan, I think mm. the, the name is, in 1909 and purely by accident. I think he was looking for a lubricant for his sewing machine. The most popular one that you've heard of is sodium hydroxide, so that's when yes. that came about. And to be perfectly honest, they haven't changed much since then. Um, we're still using sodium hydroxide. The other name is lye um, in hair relaxers. I mean, there are other ones um, that like no lie that you'll hear people talk about. So it's really um, around that time we started using them. There are different ones. There are uh, potassium hydroxide, mm -hmm. uh, lithium hydroxide, and now more recently you've got guanidine um, oh. hydroxide again. And they're probably, they're non-lye, so they don't have the, the sodium in, but they're still hydroxide so they're still mm. pretty strong but they're just milder in their action uh, they could still potentially do some damage in the fact that they're weaker you might need to leave them longer yeah so that's also a concern having that uh, chemical on the skin uh, can cause all dermatitis contact dermatitis irritant dermatitis and not to mention eye irritation and all of those mm. but I guess it's about having the right chemical to suit your hair type and also protecting the skin. Can you explain to me what sodium hydroxide is and where else we can find it or what it's usually used for? Yeah, so it's a chemical and I guess we would call it a, a reformer. It When it actually goes into the hair, it breaks down. Our hair is made of keratin, a protein. So applying on that will break down the structure of our hair. So we've got very tight curls or can be d different curl types, but it will reform those curls and also break what's known as we've got uh, to hold our hair together. We've got disulfide bonds and also hydrogen bonds. Now, disulfide bonds are particularly strong. I think they're one of the strongest bonds in the in the world, you know, naturally occurring bonds. Um, and this chemical sodium hydroxide or potassium hydroxide has the ability to break those bonds. Oh, so wow. what it does is elongates what we call the S bonds, these disulfide bonds, elongates them, stretch them, and then reforms them. Where you would find sodium hydroxide where it's used is in hair removers. Now, if we talk about pH, pH is the measurement of acidity or alkalinity, so seven being neutral in the middle somewhere. Mm. Now, our hair is around 4.5, 5.5. So these relaxers tend to be up to 14, 14 being the highest. Sorry, say that again. You said our hair is 4.5. Yeah. And the relaxer is 14. Yeah, so they usually, sodium hydroxide. So a solution would have, if you were making a relaxer, they would probably use around up to 10% of sodium hydroxide in the solution. The wow. rest would be made up with water, mineral oils like petroleum, and it would also have emulsifying uh, 
things like waxes just to give it that creamy consistency before they apply it so yeah pretty strong and the longer you leave that on is the more you're going to weaken and destroy those bonds you know what is mad not only in sodium hydroxide found in hair removers which kind of explains why i would get patches of hair falling out when the relaxer was left in for too long but i don't know if you guys understand how strong this chemical is It's also the main ingredient that is used in domestic drain cleaners. And I don't know if you ever saw Chris Rock's 2009 film Good Hair, but they did an experiment looking at the effect that pure sodium hydroxide has on a raw chicken breast, which was used to emulate the human flesh. So, I'm here with uh, Professor Barry, well-renowned. Now, could you tell us exactly how dangerous sodium hydroxide is? Sodium hydroxide will burn through your skin. The chicken is your skin. Okay. So it'll go from my brown skin down to the white meat. Right. Wow. Now you realize this goes in people's heads, right? Sodium hydroxide? Why would they do that? Now that was pure sodium hydroxide. And as Shirley mentioned, there are other elements that go into hair relaxers to make them usable on human hair. However, don't underestimate the strength of this chemical. I think this goes to show that if relaxers are not used in the correct way, then there could be some consequences. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com. Shirley tells us a bit more. If it's done properly, so if dry hair will, you know, you can stretch it to about 30%. And if it's a healthy head of hair, there won't be any damage. When it's wet, you can probably stretch it to about 50% of, you know, if it's healthy. And again, it won't be damaged. But imagine you put in that solution on and then you're stretching it you're changing that structure and it's permanent Mm. so yeah the potential for damage is there Mm. particularly if you've had burns or lesions then the potential for that to be absorbed into the skin is there and there are known carcinogenic um products out there relaxers being one um we know from the brazilian blowout as well that they were using formaldehyde again and a lot of the studies have been done quite rightly with stylists Mm -hmm. so with hairdressers and they're exposed to that every day and what they've found is that there are respiratory problems um they've linked it to um higher incidence of miscarriages really and so on and uh, they did a study in Norway um, with, I think it was around 12,000 women. Now, they have access to full health care in, in, in Norway. So they were a good sort of uh, demographic to look at. And they compared them with hairstylists who worked with in, in other women in other professions. And they also found a higher incidence of them with miscarriages really? um, and fertility problems wow. as well. So I, it's not just with black women the relaxes i mean it expands to that but yeah so the i I guess what i'm saying is if it's just it's not too frequent then you may be okay but um if you're continually exposing yourself every day 
all the time, then mm. um, there is a risk um, in doing that. And I think that has now been acknowledged, mm. particularly fibroids. It is absolutely insane that a cosmetic regime that we have normalised can lead to such serious health issues. And I can't believe we don't talk about this more. Listen, if I knew this a few years ago, I would have stopped relaxing my hair a long time ago. If I had known this when I was growing up, I probably wouldn't have gone down this route in the first place. Despite this, I still wanted to get Shirley's view on the use of relaxers as a whole. As I said at the beginning of this episode, I'm going into this with an open mind. I'm not here to tell you to never relax your hair ever again, but this is the information you should be aware of if you choose to continue to chemically straighten your hair. I know for some black women, hair relaxers are convenient and affordable, and there are many other reasons why black women choose relaxers as their preferred hairstyle, which may not be as cosmetic as my personal reasons. I don't actually think that relaxers are so bad, but I think what you've got to do is choose your technician carefully. You need someone that's experienced and a stylist that applies it quickly, gets it off quickly, knows what they're doing, will protect your skin, um, choose the right strength you know, if you've got a particular hair type, because your hair may be very, very tightly curled, it doesn't mean that, and, and thick, it doesn't mean that you need, you know, like the strongest mm. relaxer. If you've got what we call a virgin head of hair and it's the first time you're having it done, then you're unlikely to have much damage. But the, rep you know, the repetition, having it repeatedly done, then they've got to be very careful of overlap because that's going to, also continue to damage the the hair fibers um, there's only so much that it's going to take so i don't really think that they're bad but i do think that you've got to be cautious if you want to have a straight style or a looser curl then yes um, it's going to make it easier for you to style you know and dry your hair quickly and also keep it in that style so i think that's one benefit and the other one conversely is that the hair is made up of different layers the outer cuticle and the inner cortex so when you apply the relaxer it can smooth those cuticle layers down and that means that it can have a benefit in terms of you holding your moisture because mm. in this country the humidity is extremely dry and so it doesn't lend itself well to keeping our hair moisturized so it can easily break it's very very fragile when you relax it you smooth the cuticles down and then when you apply any moisturizers then you'll hold water essentially and mm. your moisturizers so then you don't get the friction with brushing, combing, etc. Mm. And then if you're trying to grow your hair, then you might retain your length a bit better. But on the other hand, repeated application yeah. is then going to cause damage. So it, it, it's, it's probably one or the other. But I think, or I believe that if you're seeing a hairdresser regularly and you're having it done properly and your steaming is excellent for our mm. hair, you know, keeping it hydrated, washing regularly, and as I said, keep it simple, then I think that um, they're, not, they're not bad. So let's get the other side of the story. 
I also spoke to Fayola Douglas, who is a relaxed hair YouTuber, and she swears by hair relaxers. I spoke to her about her view of relaxers, whether she ever thinks about the chemicals that go into her hair, and how she maintains healthy, relaxed hair. Could you just describe your hair length for the people who are listening? Yeah, so at the moment my hair is, um, I guess, like bra strap, bra strap length, but it has been longer in the past. Probably the longest it's ever been is like, is it mid-back that's just past bra strap? But I'm growing it at the moment, so I'm trying to not manipulate it too much. And one thing I wanted to ask you is, a lot of relaxed hair influencers that I used to watch over the years have actually transitioned and have now like transitioned into being natural hair bloggers and influencers what keeps you relaxing your hair why is that your style of choice it just has always been so easy for me I know with quite a lot of the relaxed hair youtubers I think that with some of them I was surprised that they transitioned because their hair seemed to be kind of taking to relaxers so well but I guess it's personal choices are made for a variety of reasons not just for kind of the look and the health of your hair um, there can be like societal kind of reasons and, and um, influences that kind of impact you in different ways. But for me, my hair's since I've had it relaxed, after I kind of had a bit of a setback and then kind of got into a better routine, since then, my hair's just been so easy for me to do, really easy for me to maintain. Um, so I haven't found like a real reason why I'd want to change it. Plus, I can't envisage myself doing something like a big chop I think that would I could pretty much say that I would never chop off my hair unless I like unless I really had to so then I would have to do one of those more like lengthy transitions where you have to like grow out your hair while maintaining like two textures and that just seemed like I don't have the motivation to do that it's almost like you know when you go to get an ear piercing or a tattoo, although I don't have any tattoos, but it's wanting to do something helps you get through the pain of that moment. And I don't have the willpower to actually want to transition to natural. So I know that it would just be like too much of a painful process to go through. Mm, mm. I mean, I was the same when I first like aside off the journey. I was like, I don't want to cut my hair. I don't think I can do it, et cetera, et cetera. The more I go into this journey and this exploration of the reasons why I was relaxing my hair for so long and coming out the other side I was really just obsessed with being desirable and for me that was equated to straight hair so unlearning that process is helping me unlearn oh you know what I can actually cut my hair and it should be fine yeah I think on the other side of it as well like if someone was to ask me if they should get their hair relaxed I wouldn't straight away be like, yeah, go ahead and do it. Like, I think it is a serious thing that people need to consider because where I'm coming from is that I feel it is hard to then just go back. It isn't, it, it doesn't wash out. So I think people need to think about it quite seriously and and think about it if they are going to relax their child's hair in particular like, is this something that your child wants? Is your child going to be able to maintain it? What about, like, when are they going to have to start paying for it themselves and kind of how that's going to work out for them? And do you ever think about um, the chemicals that go into relaxers? I'm 
I am aware of like the chemicals that are in relaxers, but equally, I know that relaxers today are a lot different than how they were in the past. So even now, for instance, they say that it's safe to get a relaxer if you're pregnant, whereas before it was kind of really looked at something you shouldn't be doing. I think the one thing to consider is that it's actually quite similar to lots of other processes that people do on their hair, such as like bleaching your hair that's equally got a lot of chemicals in it's touching your scalp the same way so I just think of it in the same way as that and I'm not somebody who stays away from like additives and chemicals and is like super eco so I wouldn't um I wouldn't be that isn't something that concerns me generally it's really interesting that Fayola made this point as it reflects what Shirley was talking about if you're concerned about the chemicals that are in relaxers you should also be looking at the chemicals that go into other hair treatments that you may use such as bleaching such as balayage such as hair dye because consistent exposure to all of these chemicals can have effects on our health however if we take Shirley's advice all of these treatments can be applied properly if you get the right technician at a professional hair salon what's your relationship with the hair salon because I don't have a regular salon that I go to, but I don't really enjoy going to the hair salon. I found going to the salon for a relaxer was always a painful experience. But talk to me about your experience. So the salon that I go to at the moment is 3.30 and it's in Old Street. And I've been going to them now for maybe um, four or five years. All the hair on my head has um, been relaxed by them. Like I think before that, it would have it doesn't exist on my head anymore that if that makes sense so whether you're you're white or black if you've got curly hair they like specialize in being able to kind of do like curly cuts on people and then relaxers are probably one of the smaller services that they offer like not as many people there are actually going for relaxers they specialize in doing that like natural hair um but the lady who does my hair specifically is white when I started growing my hair out and it did get really long, that was all through my frequent visits to two, three thirty. I think they just pay a lot of attention to you as a customer. Like previously, when I was jumping around a few different hair salons, I used to have the experiences where you'd walk in, someone would start doing your hair, and then they would move on to another client and then you'd be kind of sitting there while they're doing someone else's hair your relaxer starts like burning and then they're like excuse me I'm just gonna need you to look after me for now um but that isn't the case at 3 30 they deal with one customer at a time so you you have to be on time for your appointment if you're late then you're not going to be able to have your appointment you know if it's if Mm. you're half an hour late that's too late for you to sit down in the chair um but then you appreciate that as a customer when it when it comes to it being your turn to get your hair done knowing that they're not still looking after the person who was due before you you're going to get the full service that you want and um you're always out of there within a good time like I can arrange dinner plans after my hair appointment knowing that I'm not going to be late (laughs) would you say that salon is one of the more affordable salons or is it one of the more luxury ones I'd say it's um, it's kind of mid-priced. I know there's a lot of cheaper places you could get your hair done, but 
I don't think that they would offer the same kind of experience, whereas there are places that are more expensive and don't do hair as good as this place. And lastly, from your perspective, do you think it's possible to have healthy, relaxed hair? I do think it's possible to have healthy, relaxed hair, but it takes a bit of time and patience and and effort. It's not something that is going to happen automatically. If you just embrace the hair that's naturally growing out of your head, then you can still come up against certain certain pitfalls. I don't know if you have um, if your hair doesn't have enough moisture or you've got a dry scalp, those kind of problems. But I think when it comes to relaxing your hair, that can unearth different issues that you might not be prepared for. So kind of people just need to think about that those things could could possibly happen before they kind of get into relaxing and think about their lifestyle as well and how it's going to fit into that like if you if you swim a lot or if you you gym a lot or anything like that um it might not be the best thing for you it's actually really good to hear Fayola's positive experience of having relaxers and going to the hair salon to have this treatment she really does go to show that you can have healthy relaxed hair however Since we spoke to both Shirley and Fayola, a new study has been published and this was reported on by Teo Barrow for The Guardian. In my research up until this point, I had found several studies from the US and Africa that stated that there is a link between consistent use of relaxers in black women and hormone issues such as fibroids. But as it goes with the race gap within the medical field, there was not enough evidence to say that this data is conclusive. My original question then was, well, why hasn't there been more research done into this? Why are black women always seen as the least important? This new study published in Oxford University's Carcinogenist Journal clarifies some of the existing research. That frequent and long-term use of lye-based hair relaxers may have some serious health effects, including breast cancer. And just to clarify what we mean by lye-based relaxers, lye refers to the hydroxide, and lye relaxers use sodium hydroxide as the main ingredient. This is Shirley again, explaining the difference between lye and non-lye relaxers. If you look at the periodic table, then um, sodium hydroxide is higher up, if I want to do it that way, and so something like potassium hydroxide is just lower. So it's just a weaker one. So where sodium hydroxide could potentially be 12 to 14 on that uh, pH scale, your um, lithium hydroxide might be 10 to 11. So Mm. it's just a weaker um, formula. Mm. And they also use maybe in the kits for home um, and for children, they'll probably use something like ammonium sulfite. So they're stronger. But ammonium, breathing that in, also can cause problems. We should also consider this in the context of child relaxers. Are they any weaker? Are the ingredients any safer? They're weaker, but I would say on the pH scale, because they've got to be higher to call, you know, to make that change. So again, you're probably looking at a pH of around 9, 10. Okay. Yeah, so they're still quite strong. And you you still got it. It doesn't negate the fact that leaving that on longer is still going to cause a potential to cause a skin irritation. Mm. And what about texturizers? 
Texturizers are a chemical treatment used to loosen the curl pattern. They have slightly less hydroxide and a quicker processing time. They shouldn't be left on your hair for more than five minutes. Are they any better for your hair? I wouldn't say that they're better. Um, they're not going to destroy the amount of, you remember I talked about the disulfide bonds. Yeah. They're not going to have such an impact on them. However, um, the issue is when you have regrowth. Right. So you might have um, more thickness towards the root and then the ends will be lighter so that could cause when just simple styling brushing combing mm. may cause the hair to tear and again it depends on the curl you know the curl type of hair that you've got so that contrast between the thickness and um, that being lighter that that may be the an issue um, in doing that but some people just want it to take it you know just lighten their hair just a little bit uh, and, and just loosen the, the curl. Specifically in this study, they found that black women who use these products at least seven times a year for 15 or more years had a roughly 30% increased risk of developing breast cancer compared with more infrequent users. There was further research in this area where the Boston University's Black Women's Health Study found that of the 50,000 black American women they followed over the time span of 1997 to 2017, 95% reported using lye-based relaxers. And ultimately, of those 50,000 women, 2,311 of those women developed breast cancers. When you think about the amount of people that have had their health compromised due to consistent use of relaxers based on this study, it really frustrates me that this research hasn't been carried out previously, especially when the use of relaxers was at its peak in the 80s and 90s. Let's put this into context. The way that relaxers are marketed, and I'm reading this straight off the box of a home relaxer kit, they say that you should allow between six to eight weeks between the application of relaxers. And growing up and going to the salon, my hairdresser would say the exact same thing. And if you go off this guidance, this suggests that you should be relaxing your hair six to eight times a year. Now it is possible to stretch your relaxer and only go through the process a couple times a year. And that's what I ended up doing the last few years that I relaxed my hair. Through this whole process, I've come to realise that because of the reasons that I was relaxing my hair, it's actually a way that white supremacy was showing up in my day-to-day -day life. And I don't want that for myself anymore. So I went back and visited a friend of the podcast, Derek Clements. You'll remember him from episode one. He's been in the hairdressing game for a very long time and I thought he would be the best person to guide me on this journey as to what I could do next. I guess my thing is, I feel so conflicted and this shouldn't be a, conf a, a thing that I feel conflicted right. about, but I'd, ideally I'd want to chop it off, mm. but it's just adjusting to having my natural hair out yeah. after having it straight for so long psychologically it's just something I don't really know how to handle especially 
trying to understand how to manage it again yeah. and do styles that suit my face and you said the opposite like word you said the operative word i think is it because you're not confident in just go just going bare of all of a sudden yeah. all of a sudden you're used to something on your shoulders and it, it gives you a sense of i don't know maybe you you're behind something like a mass of hair and now all of a sudden the barber or the hairdresser says to you cut it short is it because you're not you not confident with that decision yeah and i'll tell you why a lot of unlearning that I have to do to learn that on me, yes. all hair is good. Yes. Including my natural hair, especially my natural hair, because that is me. You're perfectly right. I think you talked about representation earlier on. So I guess as a child coming up, is what you see on TV. So what you see on TV is invariably the long, wavy hair. Okay, so where are we going to go next? Okay, what do I do next to my hair? So the I, last time I relaxed it was August 2020. Right, right, right yes. Um, and I've got about like two and a half inches of mm-hmm. natural mm-hmm. hair coming through yes, yes, <laughs> don't really know what yes. to do with the rest of it i've like diy hacked off the ends right, three so. times over lockdown yeah. i would <laughs> i mean i'm looking at your hair leanne and i'm thinking you've got a great face good look great looking black woman thank you and i think you should <laughs> somehow embrace a great short haircut but i would recommend that you do a just do the big chop please Leanne. do the big chop you look fabulous. You've got great skin. You've got great hair. You've got a fabulous skin. Do the big chop. Get rid of the ends. Mm. Right? And your hair will perform far better. Mm. Because in the meantime, as you're trying to transition, the hair is not looking its best, isn't yeah. it really? Yeah. Because I, I, I like the plait you've got now. It looks great. It looks nice. Very kind of like a Viking. <laughs> 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 They're one of those Viking goddesses. <laughs> No, but you know, like those Viking females with the sort of the little braids things on the sides. No, no, I think it's just have a great shape. And your hair texture is very nice as well. Mm. I think that's it. Are you not happy with your own hair texture? Or are you just scared to cut your hair off short? I'm just scared to cut it short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you should cut it short. But you know what? I'll say this on tape. I think I'll do it. Uh, let's do it. And I'll be the man to do it for Can you. Can you please? Yes, I will. <laughs> I, you will look great. So that's it, it's decided. I am doing the big chop. So make sure you listen to the next episode of Coiled where we will be talking about the natural hair movement and you will hear the whole experience of when I did my big chop. Sorry, I'm so lost. <laughs> you got the screen. Oh my gosh! Is that, is that my hair? Wait, let me look at it again. Oh my gosh! It's so curly! Thank you for listening to Coiled. Coiled is hosted and produced by me, Leanne Alley. The assistant producer is Sylvie Carlos. The theme music was composed by Oni Iroha. And you can find us on Instagram at Coiled Podcast. You can also use the hashtag Coiled Podcast to get in touch with us share your thoughts on the podcast and show us all your hairstyles if there's one thing you do after listening to this podcast share it with a friend share it with a younger sibling who you think needs to hear this and we'll see you next time